Hello. Boxer, how... Uh, let me let me actually do a proper intro, okay? <laughs> okay. He, he just laughed at me. Hello, welcome back to the Inside Weekly Age of Empires podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Lazero, and I'm joined by, by Boxer Say. How's it going, Boxer Say? Good, just swinging away. Swing. You like that? You tell me to come up with like an intro phrase. Does that work? Just swinging, swinging away. away. Well, I guess it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I like, I like, I, I see you've been thinking. I see you've been thinking. That's amazing. Uh, I got some more. You got some more. You got some more. Uh, ready to go no that's good that's good we'll we'll, we'll try them out in in the episodes as we uh, continue on and i'm sure it'll be a lot of fun so those of you who are doing this live and i'll probably like post a youtube video after all this um, if anyone is interested i'll i'll have a little bit of background stuff going on so it's just not our faces and and it's a little more interesting um very last minute that i decided we should do this live but uh boxer saint thankfully agreed um there is really only one reason we're doing this live right now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of our episodes are going to be just audio only but you know who knows if this is a su- success and people want more of it uh i'm sure i'm sure the two episodes or the once a month episode we can do live i don't know what, what you think about that yeah i'm always down to be live yeah yeah, yeah. um so the uh the big thing is i guess i should should i should i probably explain what we're talking about here uh, uh yeah that would be good <laughs> so everybody's uh it's kind of new uh, catch people up it is it is so um just to i think i think our sh- my show our show the show uh, originally started as a history podcast right in the sense it was age of empires but it was very much looking at the history part of things and it was going through the campaigns uh, of aoe one now um i brought this up I, I think maybe around november um when when boxer Sand and i recorded um that maybe you know we can actually try something history but have it be a little more streamlined uh maybe not so wide breath is is a word i might use right i i think when we when i did the original version of the show i was like yes i'm gonna do all of egypt in 30 minutes okay i'm gonna do the whole history <laughs> of of the probably the longest civilization that ever existed on the earth in 30 minutes right so um instead we're going to be looking probably a little more aoe2 stuff specifically um and specific instances whether it's a civilization we're going over um which i think i think it might be civilization but the the way we're going to kind of frame it a little bit is the fact that i know i know box is saying um kind of came up with the idea for this week but maybe there's particular interesting things even even more specific within the civilization that we're going to take a look at um and we hope you enjoy we hope you watch along with us um if there is any audio issues audio balancing issues just let us know Uh, if you have any questions as we're talking in the chat please let us know so boxer saint um i want you to give me an intro to what is the specific thing with oh oh, by the way we're doing the asic civilization uh what is the specific thing you wanted uh, to talk about with the Aztec civilization. Uh, so really, I want to build up to the Garland Wars. Uh, that's what piqued my interest when looking through just kind of their tech tree and their history. But the more that I've researched and tried to get around the, the Garland Wars, the more I realized how much of an architectural like phenomenon the Aztec Empire was. So, Ooh, interesting. Uh, probably architecture, mm-hmm. architecture and Garland Wars. Nice. So those will be kind of the two themes. Um, I, if I may start, I, I did, I did some little bit of research, probably not as much as I would have liked for an episode like this. Um, for those who don't know, I, I literally just completed our three year anniversary show half an hour ago. Um, so I, and I decided, oh, we're doing this live now. So a lot of setup, but, um, I want to talk about a little bit, um, 
about the fact that when I looked up Garland Wars, it wasn't the word they used or most commonly used in the history. I, I wonder if you found this as well. Did they use flowery wars or flower wars? Did you see this? Yeah. Yeah. Flower wars was what I saw most. And honestly, I struggled to even find a lot definite on flower wars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where I found the history of Garland Wars. Um, but I went back to YouTube and since it's a podcast and even online and I struggled to get anything uh, in depth on Garland Wars, but I have read about it before. So there it is. Yeah. I'd and like it is it's obviously, obviously it's the upgrade and this that is based in a, a age of empires. Let me, let me actually, since we are doing this live, I'm going to, I'm going to go into this so we can uh, see this. Um, I believe uh, I'm going to go into skirmish here and I'm just going to, check the tech tree here for the Aztec um, because they have Garland Wars um, which is ooh, a plus four infantry attack and we'll, we'll learn about the history of it a little bit later but I want to see if I can find this is usually in where would this usually be if we think of the tech tree I would say castle right that, that's usually yep. where they'd be yep. uh, so Garland Wars um, I'm not seeing any flavor text here interestingly enough uh so I guess we're going to fill it in. I did find something interesting. Okay. This is a 1979 article uh, that was written by, by a professor from the university of Louisville. Um, and it's an interesting take kind of, of essentially a lot of historians, when they talk about the Aztec, there's, there's almost a mythologizing of like uh, sacrificial, like sacrifices. Right. Um, that's a very mm. much a big focus that, uh, a lot of when people talk about the Aztec civilization that a lot of people talk about, right? Um, and with regards to the Flowery War, um, this particular professor in this article, this academic article that I'm reading, and I'll read a little bit to you, um, kind of took his was t- kind of taking a stance that um, this this wasn't necessarily for the sake of you know ritual sacrifice, but it might have been. And once again, this is what happens with historians. You have lots of people with different sides, different opinions, kind of talking about the same thing, have their same reaches. But it might have been more of a training exercise for war instead of a, as opposed to some some grand ritual. So this is this particular professor's theory. And I'm going to read about it because I think it'll be a good jumping off point for us to talk about this topic. Uh, and that'll be our first part of our show. And then we'll be able to go in a little further on the uh, Garland Wars after. So I hope you enjoy. Um I'll also throw in. I think. I think just it'll be cool. I want to to go on, uh, just just a random random map, shall we say here. Uh, but have the Aztec civilization because it's cool kind of background, especially once we get into architecture. You can, I can show the buildings as as uh, as this is going on. So, I'll have that on the screen, as well as we're going through this. Um. Uh, here it is. Okay, so I have this. Uh, Frederick Hicks. A notion that has captured, all right, the imagination of many modern writers on Aztec Mexico is that the Aztec believe so fervently in the need to nourish their gods with blood, with the blood of human sacrifice, that they developed an institution called Flowery War. All right? So the implication here is this this Garland War, these Flowery Wars, is uh, this is an institution that essentially was set up so you could make blood sacrifice rituals to the gods, right? That That is the, the notion that a lot of historians had, um, and I'm not... I have not done enough research to know what the current modern notion of it is at this point. However, this is one opinion from 1979 from this professor. So uh, take it as you will. But I think it's really good because it gives us nice detail about this. Um, For the press, uh, yeah. Uh, Two states agreed to fight battles. So this is what the Flyer War is. 
uh, it is held not to win, but simply to obtain in proper military fashion the necessary sacrificial victims. So this is the perceived notion. This is the perceived history of the Flowery Wars uh, that this professor is writing about. Um, this item appears in many standard works, all right, and then he notes a whole bunch of works, um, and seems to have become generally accepted element in the standard uh, ethnographic vignette of the Aztec. So essentially he's saying this is something that seems to be established by a lot of historians, is that these flowery wars were things um, that were done for the sacrificial ritual purpose. Uh, recently, um, recently, once again, 1970s, um, has used it to support his theory of the Aztec cannibal empire. So a lot of people essentially use it's become almost like this common thing, like, oh, this is just accepted as the common way to think about these flowery wars. You know, two states go to war for, for sacrifices. Um, and they're using that to support uh, new theories, right? And that's kind of how history works, right? It builds on the theories of previous historians and they work through the evidence they have from archaeologists. Um, and then, essentially, what this um, Frederick Hicks is saying the early sources on the Aztec give little support to this notion. Ooh, you see that controversy? You see that? You see the? You see the? Uh, this, this is the fun part of history. Is, is everyone kind of arguing about what it should be? Uh, there were indeed flowery wars in ancient uh, Mexico, but they were waged primarily to obtain sacrificial. Vic- were, but were they? But were they waged to um, <clears throat> primarily obtain sacrificial victims? Were such victims normally even obtained through them? These questions have implications beyond the immediate concern uh, with Aztec warfare and sacrifice. Are wars in state-level societies ever initiated for purely religious and ritual reasons? To be sure, the prominence of official cult in many pre-industrial states gives... I'm going to finish my long spiel in a second, so bear with me. Uh, uh, through them. These questions have been... Uh, yeah. Uh, to be sure, the prominence of official cult in many pre-industrial states gives to most wars, whatever their motives or objectives or religious aspect in even modern states, religion often serves to legitimize the protest begun for other reasons. Um, okay, so one of the things that he's arguing here, essentially, is that a lot of historians have taken these flowery wars and have said, you know, we, these are sacrificial, sacri- you know, these are for the purpose of sac- sacrificial rituals uh once you gain prisoners from them right so that's the idea of this war you you, you go to war you get sacrifices and then you you offer them up to the gods um and the first argument is one from this from this perspective is one that essentially this is it's not necessarily that the evidence backs it up just enough people have thought this so now it's kind of built into something but two which i think is the more interesting thing here is essentially he's arguing that even if there is a ritual aspect to this right for two states to go to war the ritual aspect could be an underpinning of them actually already wanting to have gone to war you know what i mean like this two states already want to fight each other right so this ritual aspect could be the excuse that both the states use to then engage in this battle um is 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 one thing that i think he's saying here in this first part i'm not going to read through the whole article we don't have time to go in depth through the whole article but what do you think of that boxer saying uh, I agree. I, I think, and that's what most attracted me to the Garland Wars or the Flower Wars. I think there are multiple layers of what's going on with the Flower Wars, whether intentional on the side of the Aztecs or not. Um, and we might have jumped the gun and kind of just jumped right into the Flower War. But what the Flower Wars were, um, or the Garland Wars, they were small pitch battles that the Aztecs fought with their allies and their enemies. Um, 
and they would use a smaller, it wasn't total war. It wasn't a full fledged, we're coming out to kill you with everything we have and all of our military might. Uh, Thank you for giving me this because my article is not giving you the basis here. (laughs) It's jumping into like more complex uh, discussion or like people arguing about it. But yes, continue. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, they'd they'd show up with uh, on a prearranged date with equal number of soldiers. And this is telling me that the Aztecs wouldn't use range weapons. They would only use melee weapons. Uh, I don't know if that is the same for everybody, Uh, but I I assume it is, you know, kind of a... uh, an agreed upon set of rules for how we're going to fight this fight and people would die. And certainly, uh, with, with so much of a focus on blood sacrifice and appeasing the gods, I'm, I'm certain that was part of the underpinning here was, um, to spill blood on all sides so that the gods can be appeased. Uh, but in addition, if you look at the Aztecs, I think there was a lot of propaganda going on on one level. So if, they, if they've got equal number of soldiers and their soldiers are just better than everyone else's, then in a head-to-head fight, this is like a yearly or however often they fought it. This is a regular uh, visualization to their enemies that, hey, man-to-man, mm. we're better than you. So like you can come fight us if you want, but like here in a pitched battle, all things even, you're going to lose. And we're bigger than you overall. So <laughs> if you try to go total war... Like that's not going to work either. So I think there was a propaganda aspect that kept their enemies at bay and let them know their place in society that, Hey, you're not ready to come take us on. And then in addition, if the Aztecs are larger than their enemies, just population wise, and they're both going to battle with the same number of troops, that's going to be a harder hit to a smaller empire than to the Aztecs. Mm -hmm. So the Aztecs might lose, I don't know, 1% of their fighting forces. But their enemies might be losing five or ten percent, which that's a that's a good trade, right? That's like gold units versus trash units. <laughs> like they're just they they trade very well. The Aztec soldiers do against uh, everybody else. Uh, so those are the two main levels that I think from a from a purely what's the word from a purely logical or just purely. Um, uh, political perspective, I think that's it's it's almost genius, right? It's a genius way. It's like I want to fight you and you want to fight me, but let's not go to all war yet. <laughs> neither one of us wants to like fully commit to this. Let's just see who's better, and then you know, just like a little bit of bragging rights and move on with our day. Um, I, I have two more comments on this. One, it's probably at this point we should say that um, neither of us had done enough research to fully understand everything, so. No, we this are, is straight from Wikipedia. We are, we're I'm, we're I'm going, listen, listen, this is, if you're looking for the most accurate historical podcast, that's not going to be it. We're going to do our best. And, and I think as, as these episodes evolve, I'll do, I'll try to do more research to really get a, a, a full view. Like I'm going to be honest, like when, when I, cause I, I was a history major uh, in my undergrad, but if I were to do this properly, like the preparation definitely more than what i did today i would say like i need to i need to read at least you know five six seven different sources um just to to start getting a sense of 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 what specifically we're talking about i want to just underpin that uh, in case you know just so people know uh if if uh if we say something wrong it's gonna happen uh but at least you know i'm hoping that you'll get kind of general sense of some of these things that we talk about um and that'll be there'll be an intrigue and then you can decide what to do with it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I think you're totally right that this is actually a cool way to think about it. I think 
like you know we we've kind of mytho- mythologized put into myth a little bit here that like the the one warrior battle if that makes sense um mm. i mean you'll see in movies all the time where it's like oh there's all these like knights fighting and then you know the the, the the one the best knight or like the you know the the king or the whatever fights 101 right um but this is i think this is definitely an intriguing aspect that uh we can think about where there are multiple purposes to a set thing right is is one of them i think what we're getting from this um but two you want to be able to have conflict without that many deaths right in some ways right like if there are ways mm-hmm. to establish establish especially in these kind of societies right where uh, custom and tradition prevail um a lot um if there's a way to establish who's currently the dominant party right which kind of group is the dominant group w- without completely having everyone go to war um that is the best uh thing possible uh is there anything else that stood out to you from these flowery wars uh well i mean just wars are costly right and if you have a warrior society that's as great as that sounds that only lasts so long because mm-hmm. eventually if you're constantly fighting wars your your death rate is higher than your birth rate and uh i think a lot of historians believe that's what happened to the spartans they were the best warriors they were amazing but eventually like you just you fight too much and you just die off i, um, I will say like i think with ancient greece there's just like i think that's also been something that's so so widely viewed upon as like this is the the world the um what's the word this is the oh you know democracy and oh all like it's it's kind of like the 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 training ground for for every type of political system right um yeah but at the end of the day like you know when they fought persia and fought off persia persia was the more dominant bigger empire that had oh Mm-hmm. way more of a threat like way more influence than they ever had right this is like when you look at greece at that time they were they're like sparta relatively was a very small place right so i yeah i you know they were known as like the the the, the macho the macho crew in greece but even that was propaganda right we're talking about the aztec propaganda yeah. spartans were also spouting off some propaganda and so a lot of what we know about both cultures come from you know secondhand reports but also secondhand reports fed by their own propaganda like yeah we're the best there ever was transferred over thousands of years or a thousand years right like so so uh, and we're we're picking at straws right um no it's 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 i i think that's a really good point i i found it interesting that like the fact that i was able to find this article almost right away where they're saying like we've 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 went too far idolizing that this must have been you know just purely like I don't because I think there's just such a, such a fascination, especially historically, kind of looking at how history is written with taking some of these cultures and and putting them on a pedestal of things that are different and like making them more crazy than it seems, right? But when you kind of explain like you know this could be a purpose of of kind of knowing who's stronger or not stronger, right? That seems like a mm-hmm. I, I think one of the wildest things is like that seems like something a lot of cultures would do regardless, right? Of whatever their own particular influences are they'd want to know okay who's the strongest around what's a way to avoid wars um and you know they might have a, a religious aspect related to it as well so I, I think i think that's great um it's a very it's a very unique uh a unique, very unique ritual and a very unique part of their society that 
maybe a, a European a European uh, equivalent would be jousting or something like some kind of a, a martial combat sport that uh, a very, very real danger, but also limited limited focus. But I mean, I'd even go to that point. It's like most societies that um, have industrialized, right? Especially if they have less contact with the outside world will have some form or another of sacrifice, whether it's human or um, animal, right? Or like they're, they're through our history. A lot of societies have kind of thought of ways to, to appease the gods, right? To have something that is, um, I would say kind of, we, you know, every, the, the, the weather is terrible. Okay. We have no crops and no food this year. So we must, we must have done something wrong. Right. Um, yeah. and you know, I think sometimes it's it's not necessarily the belief that's important to talk about, but it's the fact that essentially humans were saying we feel so helpless right now and we feel like we have to do something and hopefully this something will help us, um, you know, because the gods will change the weather next year, right? Um, or It's really like a stress, world. almost a stress reliever. I think you can draw... You can draw a parallel to like the Olympics during the Cold War, uh, where Russia and the United States were always head to head, whether it's hockey or shot put or who who knows whatever yeah. like whatever sports or ever gets. Uh, it's really just a way to release release that tension, and then also look and see who's who's got the better society or who's got the stronger stronger citizens. Um, I think that's a great point. I think and, sport like I could talk about the fact that like sports are essentially a not a scapegoat, but a way of avoiding wars or being able to continue on a national pride or national identity without having to actually go into battle and fight. Right. Um, yep. which I, which I think is, is definitely a, a great point. It's probably healthy, but also telling about humans overall. Uh, we haven't really changed that much. Well, we have, I, but I, I mean, get... I mean, but here's the thing, right? Like I, I think one big thing that's happened with humans in general is, the sacrifice, the literal sacrifice has become symbolic, right? Um, has become something that is no longer like, you know, we no longer have to sacrifice human for, you know, to appease the gods, right? It's something that turns into symbolism. Um, and then if you look, um, kind of objectively in a lot of like, you know, major religions of the world, right. Where, where it's no longer an actual, animal right it's usually um some kind of transformed oh we're sacrificing in a sense right so i i, I think i think that but the sacrifice sacrifice and blood is such a visceral component mm. of like almost every culture and every religion it's very it's very fascinating that that's one thing whether you're the aztecs in the 13 14th century or uh say a Western Christian today, like that concept of sacrifice is a constant. That's interesting. Well, that could be another episode. No, I mean, yeah, but I, I would say like kind of to that point, I, I would argue that, um, the, it's because of the fact that, you know, when it comes to sacrifice, I think what we, what is the greatest thing humans value, right? A majority or every human being values life as the greatest thing, right? So if you are, if you are giving something in exchange, right? If you have an society that exchanges things, right? If you're believing that this this thing that I'm doing, the sacrifice that I'm giving, is uh, something that 
will allow will will be an exchange with the gods so that I can have life or I can have food or you know the weather is good or I win this war then you the belief is in this society or the humans right we are giving up something that is our ultimate value for that in return right like mm. we're giving a life because we deem it as such a high level right that by giving this up well we should get something really good in return right because it's something that we value the most so at least that's my prevailing theory here that I thought off the top of my head, but I, th- I think it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you think about I don't, it. I don't dis- that's half the thing. I don't disagree with it. Hmm? I don't disagree with it offhand. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is the cool thing about history and you know, philosophy and stuff. You can you can think about it um, and, and see what you think of that theory. So, yeah, I think, I think those are some great points. I think uh, we can now maybe go into a little bit about the architecture. So, those who are following on with the stream, there's still one question. Oh, you do have one more question. Okay, hit me with it. One more question, and then we can go off. What do you think about the way the developers put Garland Wars into Age of Empires? So, Garland Wars mm. grants all Aztec infantry plus four attack. Do you think that matches with what the Garland Wars was? This is a great question because this is definitely how we wanted to tie this in. The whole point. uh, It's all about Age of Empires. Uh, Well, it it, it, it should be history, but it should also be tied into Age of Empires. I think plus four attack. Um, I would say, I would say, you know, giving a little bit of health and giving a little bit of armor would have made sense too. Um, Like survivability, because if these are training things, right? Or if these are, for the purpose of knowing which society is stronger, better um, your warriors after this, right at the end of the day, your warriors after this would have been better, right? You've, you've gained experience, right? Even if you lost that, you might gain experience. So I, I think, I think a plus attack makes sense because you're getting experience attack, but I, I think like a health, if, if for the hi- sake of the history or my, and this is all arbitrary, but, <laughs> but for the sake of my thoughts on it, um, I think it'd be pretty cool if um, essentially they, uh, yeah, they added some health and, and some like survivability because that's part of it too, right? Um, the society that keeps most of the warriors would be better off. So, you know, <laughs> like, well, I want, would it be crazy? Sorry, I was just thinking about this. Is um, if if this was like an accurate representation, right? That like they do get like uh, the winning. <laughs> If you get Garland Wars, like would would you like just all of a sudden you take I don't know five of five of uh, random units from the opponent and they're just like sacrificed like like they just die like that 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 is the, that is the way to do it is that is that what you could do um, I don't know I'm just thinking out loud here but you know I think I think from that perspective you can really start going on on, on definitely some some interesting ideas that both work from a game sense right like what can we do in the game. Uh, but also, like, historically, it would be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like the plus four attack, and I think that makes sense, and it's a good it's a good bonus for the Aztecs. makes them very strong infantry. So I think it would also have been interesting to see something like an extra 20 population room for them so they can go up to 220 um, to kind of bring in that concept of they're kind of doing a battle of attrition mm. with their opponent. And it, it constantly keeps them a little stronger than the, the, the soldiers around them, just in sheer numbers. Um, what would be interesting if, if, if like, so this is like completely theoretical now, right? But like, if you have more army population than your opponent, 
like as long as you maintain like a certain amount of army population they have a bigger bonus because then it would reflect like you're winning the i don't know i'm, I'm thinking outside the box here but I, I think there's some cool things you could think about there yeah that would be interesting that was my last question yeah no good know. good uh, i think we can get a little bit into the architecture now you want to talk about i'm currently in the second sieve on, on the stream right now so uh, sorry this uh i'm in the second uh i'm in the feudal age uh so uh which which do, really i'm gonna be honest you know like people complain about age, age of empires 4 having like the one two three four um however for certain sieves using Feudal Age and Castle Age makes no sense whatsoever, <laughs> I feel. Uh, yeah, I mean, mo- mostly because of the name, not necessarily because the society didn't go through something similar at some point, but I think the name is infers different things, is is my point. But uh, Yeah, I think you have to, you got to suspend reality a little <laughs> bit to keep the game functioning. No, 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 yeah, yeah, if it was perfect, I mean, listen, if everything was historically accurate, then the game wouldn't be fun, that's the truth um okay well what were you gonna say then about the uh yeah what, what stood out to you about the architecture uh from what you read okay so architecture i'd never heard this about the aztecs on how advanced their architecture was um you can talk about obviously the the temples they had some of them were carved out of ground just out of the out of the rock right there in the ground some of them were actually huge stones were carried for miles and i think there was an estimate one of the stones in the temple would have required like 40,000 men to drag it from, from where it came from to, the, to get there. Just a crazy, crazy uh, building. But they also had an, uh, a functioning aqueduct, which, you know, you don't even see that in the, in the, in the game, quote, West, Western world. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, you know, yeah, in, until the Romans, um, there's probably others, but the Romans were, were the main ones that use aqueducts. So the, the not, only, not only do they have an aqueduct, but they had two lanes on the aqueduct. So they could um, they could dam up one and do repairs and then let the water flow down the other side and keep water flowing to the city. Um, so so I just, I just want to say... Um, uh, I want to throw this in here just because... Just um, Give me two seconds here, but I, I want to search this up just yeah, just okay. just to just to be sure. The Aztec Empire itself was from 1345 to 1521, so um, this is significantly after the Roman period. Um, however, mm. we also have to remember that in the West, a lot of technologies were lost or used way less after the fall of the Roman Empire, right? So if if you take a look at, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we're taking Europe, right, which is usually the focus in Western history. Um, after like the 400 right it'll really like after after the roman empire fell it took another like 500 600 700 years before societies kind of really started springing up again as a whole instead mm-hmm. of small little like village areas with maybe you'll pay a you know a couple people to guard you and you're just kind of <laughs> you got one lord but it's you know it's like 10 10 10 uh all these miles Actually, we have an international audience. All these kilometers. We have ten kilometers because I, I mean, Cando uses kilometers and Stacy uses miles. But um, yeah, like like ten kilometers uh, uh, in a square uh, squared, um, and uh, that's it. You're just you're just you know you're farming and you have a little society. So um, this kind of sprang up probably in a time where such te- technological innovation wasn't happening at the same rate around the world. 
I'm throwing this out there, though. I think it's impressive that this was invented with, like, we forget about this, but with no interaction. No contact. No yeah, contact no contact with the Roman with the world of, at all. With the rest of the world, right? Like, 1492, right, we say? So, um, that's that's kind of the fall, right? The fall is is, is when there's that contact. Um, and, obviously, that's the conquistadors and, you know, that whole history. But we're talking about, what, 150 years which mm-hmm. maybe in the grand scheme of civilizations might feel small. That's a long time, right? <laughs> like there are civilizations yep. that, that can fall in a hundred years, right? Not every civilization is going to last, last forever. Um, you know, but they, they rise, rose and, and fell within that time period and implemented these aqueducts implemented all these engineering marvels that before this, they were from what I've read nomadic, mm-hmm. right? They came from the Southern United States. And then by the time they get to, I guess it's called the Mexico Valley here, like all the land's taken. They get thrown out on an island in the middle of uh, of this lake, and they just start building from there, dropping these temples, dropping. Um, they sunk pylons to build on top of to create more land masses for themselves. Um, yeah, so I'm out. I'm out back on. Yeah, you're here. I I, I okay. just want to I just want to quickly say here. I think this might kind of help ground us a little bit. I'm just going to give a brief history. I'm just from a website, worldhistory.org or whatever, of kind of what, how the history went, and then I think we'll continue on to the architecture part because I think this helps kind of really tie in everything we've been talking about. So, historical overview. <clears throat> Sometime around, uh, year a thousand a hundred, right? Um, the city states, or this is this is A.D. or B.C. Um, for the more common historical one, uh, come now. Okay, we're not we're not we're not in ancient ancient Greece t- t- territory. Okay, uh, so about a thousand years ago, the city states or Altepetl, um, which were spread over central Mexico, began to compete with each other for local resources, regional dominance. Each state has its own ruler, uh, who led a council of nobles. But these small urban centers, surrounded by farmlands, soon sought to expand their wealth and influence, so that by the 1400 several small empires had formed in the valley of mexico so i think that's another important thing to keep in mind when we're talking about the flowery wars or we're talking about the aztec civilization as a whole is there is they eventually become one or they, but really it is it is a multitude it is a whole bunch of these smaller like little things um small empires uh dominant amongst them were the texcoco capital of uh Achilhua region and Azcapotzalco, capital of Tepenic. These two empires came face to face in 1428 uh, with the Tepanic War. The uh, as sorry, I have a tough time. <laughs> Some of these as Azcapotzalco forces were defeated by an alliance of Texcoco, uh, Tenochtitlan the capital of Mex- Mexico, and several other smaller cities. Following the victory, Triple Alliance was formed. So this is probably... Uh, and then a campaign of territorial expansion began where the spoils of war usually formed tributes from conquered were shared between the three great cities. So there's three bigger cities that kind of combined together to win this. And then this is probably the closest approximation of what we think of when we think of the Aztec is this bigger empire where these three cities three cities had beaten one one of these empires and then they went on to spread their region their territory in mexico so um yeah that's just a bit of background so you have an idea of kind of how this formed so this is 
if that was 1428 that really means the timeline for probably a lot of these technological innovations is super super short right like you're talking yeah, you're talking less than 100 years to really really have advances in this so uh, continue on here yeah so so they had these aqueducts uh built i forget how 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 many uh miles or kilometers they were but pretty far uh they would come down they had them one of their kings actually had a a a bathtub essentially or a little <laughs> a little tub okay. that the water would run into and he could sit in his tub and bathe and just look out over the whole valley and, and see his little kingdom <laughs> that's great um he also had it uh had it set up to where it would sprinkle into his garden and slowly water his garden and he had multiple little pools to uh to gather the water and kind of limit the flow of of, of water so he wouldn't overdo it um all the all the citizens, of course, would have fresh water at that point, and uh, and because of that, they were a relatively clean society. They had a, a lot of uh, a lot of them bathed regularly. I think the king bathed at least twice a day, um, which is wild. Because I'm going to tell you right now, in the rest of the world, that was not the case. <laughs> this, this is the same time period as like as the the plague running through Western Europe. So not a very cleanly cleanly time over there. That's great. No, um, sorry. I, I just love that you brought that up. <laughs> they had these long, uh, these long roads going in and out of, of the city because the city is on water. It was basically the the Venice of of uh, of the Americas. So all of these these places on water. And then the last thing that stood out to me. This is kind of a architectural innovation, but they had runners stationed at different places and. They could, um, they could get news from one end of their kingdom to the other within, I think, twenty four hours, and I believe it was like a three hundred mile radius. They news could travel from one side, from news could travel three hundred miles in uh in twenty four hours, which is faster than the postal service today. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you're not wrong, right? Like, I, I, I think um, you the biggest factor when it comes to innovation and 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 running any empire is logistics right like it, it seems boring but that is that is the reality right the ability to relay information the ability to have access to all points of your empire continuously right know what's happening and be mm-hmm. able to respond to it um is yeah speed at which you transmit information and l- just logistically handling large amounts of people. supply chain supply chain yeah, supply large chain. amounts of people large large armies right Lar- lots of things that have lots of variables um and something like this where you could essentially runner to runner to runner right like that's that's the way it works right um you just have them stationed and it's a brilliant like i think i think what we have to praise here is the ingenuity right the create uh the creativeness right is we don't have these technologies, right? But can we make use of things, right? Like you can, you can station one soldier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every every kilometer, every every couple of kilometers, right? And they just live their life, and that is a very needed, not only needed but very important role of them having to just run like you know the couple of kilometers to 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 carry yeah. information throughout the day. Um, no horses here, by the way. Like at this point in time. Horses are not native. They're not running wild. But when the Spanish showed up with horses, 
the Aztecs didn't know, and the, and the Mesoamerican people in general didn't know what to make of them. I, I did not understand what this thing was. I mean, and that's a really good point because, like, then you'll see um, just just way later on, right? Um, a lot of indigenous peoples uh, to the Americas end up using horses in a very effective way once the once the technology is kind of discovered. But horses is a technology, right? In, in some ways, um, and I mean, as you see in the game, you know, to relate to the game quickly, because um, I know we're talking about architecture, but as you see on my screen right now, there is no stable, right? So that is historically accurate to the uh, Aztec people. So there you go. Uh, I like how they have build castle, but it's a, it's a, what is it? It's, just, it's a temple, right? It's, it's, a, it's a temple, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, anything else that really stood out to you when it came to the innovations? So we have aqueducts. We had um, this, this kind of lo- the faster than the postal service, as you joked. Uh, temples. Yeah. I think there were some. Mm-hmm. There were some farming innovations they had. Uh, a lot of the land they carved out and built on the lake was farmland. Mm-hmm. So they had to go, it goes back to supply chain. They were able to feed their population. Um, so that was interesting. They valued that and made sure that happened. Do you Did you find anything about how they built maybe the temp- temples? Uh, I mean, you talked, about, um, you talked a little bit about yeah, it. Yes. Some of it was carved on the spot. Some of it was huge rocks old in uh, I think there's one story where like they had these uh, these prisoners and these slaves build the temple and then when they finished they used those slaves for for sacrifice that mm. that was kind of like a dubious story because you got to wonder if you got thousands and thousands of people that are building this for you like how do you how do you break that news like okay let's just all go to the top just don't don't worry about what we're gonna do when we get there like I don't know you, you had to have so many people to make it it's, I mean, I, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, if they've if they've literally been working on it continuously, then they probably don't have the energy, nor were they probably well nourished at that point. I'd imagine. Yeah, you're they're not, just you're done. Feeding, they don't care. Yeah, you're not feeding. I just like do whatever you want. Uh, I'm mean, not that they do whatever you want. They might might just no longer have the strength to be able to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think this is very fascinating. Uh, I here's the one thing like with with kind of as we continue on because i know i know for our our future aoe history episodes i know we're going to want to get um more information like i want to i want to kind of go more in depth in some of these things but um i think it would have been cool had i had a full um understanding of of the campaign specifically like going into specifics of the campaign i think i think you know upon a revisit um, once, once we really, it takes a while to get a show to kind of, kind of really get the formula right. Um, uh, but upon a revisit uh, of this, I think my next thing would be to, to literally go through the campaign, um, and then compare it to the actual history and, and see the accuracy. I think that would be really cool. Um, I'm not necessarily play it, but maybe just go over what like the, the wiki and, and then kind of work with it there. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this will be good for our first run around of this boxer saint. Um, I, I definitely think um, there are some intriguing things, and I'm hoping that in future episodes we'll be a little more. Uh, what is it? Our formula is going to kind of get more established. Um, maybe we'll be able to have longer episodes there. But uh, I think I think this is good to to kind of end it here. Um, some interesting facts, a little over the place. Maybe we need to organize it a little better. That's mostly on me <laughs> um, uh, as to the structure of it. Um, 
but uh yeah thank you boxer saying for researching this i hope everyone who listened and joined this uh we're gonna try to do this once a month um i don't know if it'll be live we'll see we'll see we'll figure that uh, whether it's be live you know live streamed or not uh but yeah i hope you enjoyed it thank you boxer saying for being on and uh we'll see you with a i believe an aoe4 episode um in the next couple weeks and then aoe2 after that and then aoe history i think that's my order i think that's what we're in so uh yeah i hope i hope you enjoyed it uh thank you very much for stopping by and we'll see you next time